morning. Welcome to King of Kings this morning. It's so good to see all of you here. I have, do we have any first-time visitors who'd be so bold to let us know that they're a first-time visitor? Uh, we have a pamphlet that we give out that just tells who we are and what we do. Okay. Um, sign-ups for readers and ushers are in the book. The, ba- the book for signing up is in the back. Um, uh, if you have any questions, see Charlie. He's sitting in the back there. Uh, new church office hours is Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 1 to 4 p.m. Our volunteers have set some hours that they will be there and manning the desk and the phone. Uh, I point out the handout that's in the bulletin that has a lot of information in it. Uh, reminder for this week at King of Kings, uh, Friday, the dance is at Kyle Hall at 5 p.m. Saturday, the music jam has been canceled due to illnesses. Apparently, a bunch of the musicians had played at some place and got exposed to COVID and came down with COVID. So it was canceled yesterday and it'll be canceled next Saturday. Uh, Next Sunday, we will be doing blessing of the backpacks and distributing them. We haven't had a lot of calls. So if you know someone, tell them just to come. We have plenty of backpacks and supplies to fill in them. And we will be giving them out next Sunday. The service will be a little different. It'll be more children-oriented. We'll be singing those like camp songs as we learned as kids. Um, And the sermon will be right in the beginning, and it'll be the children's message. So there's no sermon in the midst of the service. So that's next Sunday. The following Sunday, I will be away. Jeff will actually be giving a talk during the time of the sermon about his time in Syria and Damascus, and some of the impressions that he had. So when you read, we read that lesson from Paul, his conversion, and he gets sent to a street called Straight. Well, Jeff has been on that street, um, and he's going to talk about some of that. The following Sunday, August 20th, we are going to be having a service of commitment or a non-marriage marriage Um, Carl and Sandy are going to say their vows without a license. And uh, we are going, they were going to do that in the midst of the service. And they're inviting all of us, their congregational family, to participate with them in that. So that is something to look forward to. Um, New members' classes will be on September 10th and 17th. So anybody who's been attending, and looking to join, I'm going to have those two classes, the 10th and the 17th of September. Movie night is going to be on Wednesday, September 20th at 6 o'clock, and we'll be seeing the movie Joshua. And this is the book that the council has been, and you've been invited to read too. There's still a couple copies back there. We're going to see the movie that was made off of the book. The book's better. The movie's good. Um, and... On October 8th, there will be a blessing of the animals for service. While that, you're invited to bring your critters, and they bring them forward, and they will receive a blessing. Um, this has been, other people have experienced this in other churches. Yeah, you're all laughing. It's all going to be fun and games that Sunday. There's no sermon and there's no communion that Sunday because you figure once you get all the critters in the church, you, you know, we're not going to sit the dogs on one side and the cats on the other side. Um, but from all the 
potential, I've never heard of anybody having a really bad experience. In fact, my wife did it one time, and a horse came to church. So it didn't actually come in the church. It's kind of stuck its head in the door in the back, and, and she went and she blessed the horse. So we're going to be doing that on October 8th. So these are all things that were set up this past week. They're not in the bulletin yet, so I wanted to get the word out as soon as possible. With that... Are there any other announcements for the good of the family? Okay, we're going to keep Alice in our prayers this week. I'll wave your hand, Alice, so people know. Alice is going in for a TAVR valve replacement surgery. So that is going to be on Tuesday. So keep her in her, your prayers for a, a smooth surgery and um, steady hands of the doctors and a quick recovery. Any other announcements? Then I'm going to invite you to stand, and let's, those who are able, let's stand and start our worship together. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who greets us in this and every season, whose word never fails, whose promise is sure. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Merciful God. We confess that we have sinned. We have hurt our community. We have squandered your blessings. We have hoarded your bounty. In the name of Jesus, forgive us and grant us mercy. Righteous God, we confess that we have sinned. We have failed to be honest. We lack the courage to speak. We have spoken falsely. In the name of Jesus, forgive us and grant us your mercy. Hear this. God is a cup of cold water when we thirst. God offers us boundless grace when we fail. Claim the gift of God's mercy. You are freed and forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. 
morning. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Please join me in praying the prayer of the day. Beloved and sovereign God, through the death and resurrection of your Son, you bring us into your kingdom of justice and mercy. By your Spirit, give us your wisdom that we may treasure the life that comes from Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from 1 Kings. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in the uprightness of heart towards you. You have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I am only a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil, for who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life, or riches, or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us read responsively Psalm 119. Your decrees are wonderful. When your word is opened, it gives light. I open my mouth and pant. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Order my footsteps in your word. Rescue me from those who oppress me. And I will keep your commandments. Let your face shine upon your servant. And teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears. Because people do not keep your teachings. A reading from Romans. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit in intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. 
and those whom he justified he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed it in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which someone has found and hid and then in his joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant 
in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where it will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understand all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore, <coughs> every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old, the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. I saw children out there. You want to come up and help me? Have a seat. Come on, Scott. Have a seat. Y'all can sit down too. So we heard a bunch of stuff about the kingdom of heaven this morning, right? Like six different examples of the kingdom of heaven. I want to tell you a story, another example. I had a really good day. I mean, I've had a lot of good days, but I remember this one day. I want to tell you about this day. It was on a bike ride. Do you have bicycles? Do you have a bicycle? Do you like ride biking? Do you have biking bikes? Okay. I used, to der- I used to ride bike a lot. And they used to have a bike race in Philadelphia. It was a professional race that people came from all over the world to race in this bike race. It was a 150-mile bike race. And it was like eight loops through these certain streets of the city. And the one street they called the wall because in the neighborhood of Maniunk, the streets are really steep. They're like this. And there would be this one street that they would go up for a few miles, it was like climb, 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 climb. That the professional cyclists would actually stand up out of their, their bike seats to climb this. But when they would come down, they'd be coming down, they'd be going like 50 miles an hour. And when you're doing 50 miles an hour on a bicycle, you're really going fast. So at any rate, a friend of mine said, Jim, let's go to the bike race. I said, great. He said, we'll ride our bikes down. So we rode our mountain bikes from his house. He lived just outside Philadelphia, and we rode into the city, and that day we rode all around the outside of the, the, the course where the bicycles are riding. In fact, we went up that really steep hill one time, but on a street parallel, who were the, we weren't in the bike race, but we went up alongside it. Let me tell you, that street was really steep. And we also went mountain biking through Valley Green, which is part of the park in Philadelphia. And the Valley Green is known for all over the world for the mountain biking in Valley Green, and it's right in the middle of the city. And we did that. And we rode the bike where, the, where all the people were in the grandstands, where they came through, where eventually they would finish. But the best part of the day, the best part of the day, we had just come around and we came where Ridge Avenue, where the bike race would go from Ridge Avenue on to Kelly Drive. And we were on the sidewalk right along there. And just as we got on the sidewalk and came on to right along Kelly Drive, here comes the peloton or the pack or 
Most bike races, most of the bike riders stay together in a real tight group for most of the race. Well, here comes the peloton, right alongside of us. And I got a burst of energy because there, in that moment, it was like I was in the bike race. And I started pedaling real fast and all the sounds of all the whirring of the gears and the clicking of the changing and the, the smells of the bike riders and the sights of what they were seeing. For that moment, for that brief period of time, as I was pedaling as fast as I could to stay up with the peloton, I was in the bike race. The kingdom of heaven is like that for me. The kingdom of heaven is when you find yourself in the midst of a wonderful experience not because you earned it, just because it happened that time. And you can just enjoy it. And you never forget what that experience is like. And Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven a lot because he invited us to seek the kingdom of heaven. So he couldn't tell us exactly what it was like. He used a bunch of examples like I just used now. So... Next time you ride your bike, if you ever happen to cross a grace race, just enjoy it. And if you're just riding on a good day, enjoy that too, because the kingdom of heaven is like a really neat bike ride. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for those times in our life where the heaven becomes here on earth. We ask you to help us to be open to those times and to learn about those times by following you that much more, more closely. We pray all this. In your son's name, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And let everyone say, Amen. Amen. Well, you all get a prize. That's like the kingdom of heaven. Everybody gets a prize. You know where they're at? The kingdom of heaven is like, I mean, obviously it must have been such a hard concept that even Jesus, son of God, couldn't describe it in specific terms. He uses all these metaphors. The chrism of heaven is like this, like that, and we heard six of them this morning all locked together. The kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, was the number one topic that Jesus spoke about in the Gospels. More than he spoke anything else, he spoke about the eminent or the soon-to-be-here kingdom of heaven, the inbreaking kingdom of heaven. More than he talked about number two, which was money, was the number two topic, and number three was relationships, our relationships with one another. Okay? But the kingdom of heaven was the main topic that Jesus spoke about in all the Gospels. What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, I told the kids this morning, it's like that moment where I became part of a bike race even though I was not one of the racers. And it was exciting and it was wonderful and I'll never forget that moment, that morning in my life. Now, Jesus was 2,000 years ago and he talked about the inbreaking kingdom of heaven. So you'd think, well, it's here. Well, there's three theories among theologians about this kingdom of heaven. The first theory is, and this is by the least theologians, this is about the really funny ones, that it was the kingdom of heaven came when Jesus died, and from now on, all of us live in the kingdom of heaven. That's it. 
Well, it's already happened. It's here, and we're part of it. Well, when I look around in the world, I would get a little skeptical of that because while there is joy, there are those moments where suddenly the peloton comes around the corner and you're part of the race. There are other times where you're just simply struggling up that hill, okay? There's lots of hurt, there's lots of pain, there's lots of people hurting one another, lots of greed and avarice and anger, and I don't think that's the kingdom of heaven. So that's the already, it's here, it's done, it's been fulfilled. The other answer, and this is even by fewer people will think this, and this is about the real fundies, the kingdom of heaven will fully be come in, the kingdom of heaven will come when Jesus comes back and he separates those of us who are righteous and holy, well, that's not me, from those of you who are righteous holy, from those of us who have fallen regularly in our lives and can't maintain a sin-free life. The way I understand it, that's going to be nobody and everybody. But that's the way it is by some people, that the kingdom of heaven will come when Jesus comes back. And this was very popular in the first century. Um, Paul, in his early writings, will talk a lot about Jesus coming back any day now, any day now, any day now. It's been 2,000 years. We're still waiting. Then there's the third, and this is the majority of theologians will talk about the kingdom of heaven in terms of already, but not yet. This kind of paradoxical experience that the kingdom of heaven is here and is available, but it's not yet fully realized. So it's again that bike ride where suddenly you come rushing around the corner and there's the peloton. You are part of a heavenly experience even though you are not part of the race. It's heaven on earth. And we can experience the kingdom of heaven occasionally in our lives. We experience in those times of love and fullness and satisfaction for whatever reason where we truly feel blessed by God and everything is wonderful and everybody's beautiful and it doesn't last because it's not fully realized. It is our job to work, to seek, to strive for the kingdom of heaven in this world. And looking around, it seems like sometimes we're fighting that uphill battle all the time. But it's a matter of where you are and how you choose to face situations in your life. I'm going to tell you one more story, and then we'll wrap this up. Back in 2015, I got a call from a person who was very helpful, very um, supportive um, in my time of leading up to my ordination and those last few hills to climb and the last few steps to complete the ordination exams and such like that. She was my mentor in this process, and she truly modeled for me what it is to walk beside someone in the process. And I was eternally grateful for how she did this and how 
this worked for me. And when, you, when someone has done that for you, there is almost nothing that you wouldn't do to help them out. Well, I got a call from her one time. She had a congregation, and she had a group of eight children that were getting ready to go on an ASP trip. Does anybody know what ASP is? Appalachian Service Project? Never heard of that? It's real popular through the Northeast that churches will send groups of students into one of the poorest areas of our country, Appalachia, and they will work on people's houses for a week. And they don't just work on the house, they gather together at night, they share, they sing songs. My middle daughter did it one time with a church youth group she was part of, and it really was something that wowed her. Well, Beth had a group going from her church, and she was going to be one of the adult volunteers. And the rule is for every two students, you have to have one adult volunteer. So they had four of adult volunteers set up, and you have to match them male and female so you can have that gender separation. Um, well, as it turned out, she wasn't able to go because her husband came down with a rapid cancer and he needed to be treated and she was taking a emergency sabbatical so she could be with her husband through this would you go in my place i couldn't think of anybody more qualified to do this than you considering your experience in construction what could i say yes i'll go spend a week hanging out with a bunch of teenagers not my idea of a fun time Sleeping on a floor somewhere in a gymnasium of a school, again, not my idea of a fun time. And singing camp songs and hanging out at night with a bunch of teenagers. Okay, what could I say? Sure, Beth, I'll do this. So off I went. I met with the group ahead of time. We had a little training session beforehand with some, fixing somebody's house up in Philadelphia somewhere. And off we went. We get there the first day, and they have four college-age people who are going to be the coordinators, the leaders, the expediters of this experience. And the one who's in charge introduces himself. My name is so-and-so, and I'm in charge. I'm a student of construction management. I'll be going into my junior year, and my Mine just shrugged. See, my undergrad degree is in construction management. However, I also backed that up at that point with 34 years of experience in construction as a tradesman, as a supervisor. And here is this young person is in charge. Okay, Jim, you're here. Do, do, do your thing. Very first morning, I give him... We get that Sunday night, we get the list of the things that we're going to be doing that week, what the projects are, and their scope on how we're going to tackle this. And I looked at, okay, I can deal with this. So I give him my list the next morning of tools and supplies that I need, and they don't have it. So I took what I had, and while they were gathering, I prayed. And I was given two choices. 
God said to me, well, Jim, you can purchase two ways. You can be an experienced construction supervisor who opens up and have papers as a journeyman carpenter um, who also happens to be a pastor. Or you can be a pastor who also happens to have some experience in construction. Okay, God, I will be a pastor first. That's what I did. So I wasn't going to worry about it. This is the tools you gave us. This is the supplies you were available that morning. This is what we'll do. And since it was only about two hours worth of work the way I saw it, I figured there was more important things that we could do that, that morning. That, first of all, I got a group of young people here and one other adult heading over to a site because they split us into two groups. Um, I'm going to teach them to pray. Because I've been in that situations where people say, well, you're the pastor, pray. And I don't agree with that. I think each one of us, each one of us of faith, if called upon to pray in a group, should be able to pray. And I have a secret formula that I learned years ago about praise, thanksgiving, confession, petition, praise. So I taught them that every morning going over to our work site. I taught them how to pray, and we shared the experience of praying. And when we got there, I said, listen, this is more than just about hammering some stuff together or putting down some new floor or whatever we were doing, building stairs at the back. This is more about interacting with the people that we are helping out. Ask them questions. Get to know their story. So... The two hours with four kids was probably more like four to five hours worth of work. But they also talked to the people and got to know them and got to know their stories and got to hear why they stayed where they stayed and how beautiful this, this place was at certain times of years. I found sleeping on the floor in a gymnasium wasn't so bad. I found that I actually had a really good time, and my only complaint was I missed, missed my wife. I found that even singing camp songs with a bunch of teenagers had a wonderful effect to it. See, it was that attitude going into this which changed the formula of what I was dealing with. And it was in this that I then encountered the kingdom of God. See, it wasn't that Anything else was different. It was that I put my attitude, my way of approaching this, in the proper perspective. Quite often, it is what we bring into a situation as to whether or not we experience a really frustrating week, which it could have been, believe me. When that young man told me on the fourth morning that they were all out of floor patch, but yet you wanted me to patch the floor, um, well, where can we go to get some? And can we buy it? Do we have an account? Or do we just need to put out some cash to get it? And he gave us the list. Or, and I, or I could have just been on it. Well, you said you were in charge. You should have known this because, let's face it, you should have known. But bringing that attitude of a pastor. And it's something I had learned years before, and I think I shared it, that 
construction supervisor persona as opposed to the pastoral persona. I learned that as I was going through the process. Being in my early 40s, I was very well established in my career as a construction worker, construction supervisor, carpenter. And I could be an ornery, miserable SOB who made grown men cry. I'm not proud of it, but yes, I made grown men cry because I knew how to make a job come together. But I also recognized going into ministry that I had to let that persona go. So it was a period of time of which going, th going to seminary and going back to work that I began to adopt the pastoral persona. And the thing that I found was the pastoral persona actually worked better on the construction site than the construction work persona. Someone said to me a little while ago, why did I didn't come to certain things? I said, well, on Sunday I'm tired. And uh, it's after doing this in the morning that I really don't want to have the pastoral persona slip away and you find the construction persona underneath um, or still there because I'm not fully in the kingdom of God, okay? I strive for it, but that's what I'm trying to get to you about striving for that kingdom of God. How do you approach the situation in front of you? Do you approach it as someone who has a lot of expertise and a lot of knowledge and knows how to get things done, knows how to push buttons and push people to get from point A to point B? Or do you start with, I really thank you for what you did for me, recognizing that all of us, every one of us, here and out there, have been given a seat at the table. Every one of us is a loved child of God. And not because of what you've done or haven't done, you are freed and forgiven from your past. Starting with that perspective of humility and gratitude and embracing an attitude of compassion and empathy and joy. Well, that, my friends, is how we start to find the kingdom of God. Amen.
that you have heard the word of faith, the gospel of salvation. Living together in trust and hope, let us confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. As we're doing this each week, um, rather than using those wonderful printed prayers, I invite you to take them home, we share our prayers, those that come from us within this group, in the form of both joys, those places we're thankful, we want to acknowledge where God has operated in our lives, and those concerns, those places that we are, those people and situations we are lifting up in prayer. Layla has said she wanted to run the microphone around, so she's doing that this morning. So because she's somewhat diminutive, you're going to have to make sure you raise your hand real high so she can see you. So do we have any joys that we wish to share this morning? Ah, come right here. It should be on. In spite of our sadness and recent sorrows, I do have one joy. That is married to this beautiful lady, and today's our anniversary. Wow. Happy anniversary. The words out of my mouth, I just wanted to say he's a joy in my life for six wonderful years. Seven, if you count the year I met him. Oh. 
You know the rule, when it's the second marriage, every time you get away together, it's a honeymoon. That's... I just wanted to thank everyone for their prayers. Uh, my friend Mary Jo, who I work with, had her kidney surgery. She's got 90% of her kidney. She's recuperating. And thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Other joys. I would like to thank you, Lord, for leading us to this wonderful church and helping us find a place in the community to come where we feel great about being here. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Layla, we've got a couple up in the front. All She's the way up. Um, I have a joy. I'd like to thank you all so much for your participation and the cards and the best wishes and the gifts and the beautiful uh, graciousness you expressed towards my mom and her friends. They had a wonderful time and all they could talk about was the wonderful people at King of Kings and how there was an outpouring of love. So thank you all very much. I want to thank everybody for all the prayers and the wonderful cards and blessings from everyone to make my surgery go well and I'm on the mend and thank God for everything. Thank you. Amen. Amen. It's good, and it's good to see you back there. Any other joys that we'd like to share? Oh, right here in the front. morning. I just wanted to share, share that the grandchildren were here from New Jersey, my daughter, and the two greats, and they all got to see Papa play yesterday at Sam's on the beach, which they haven't been together and been able to do, and they had a great time. Thank you. Any other joys that we're going to share this morning? Uh, Speaking about the grandchildren, uh, my joy I felt was when we all sat at the table and just looking at everybody, it was like having Christmas without the decorations. It was great. It was like just a blessing to have them there together. Amen. Amen. How about concerns now? Are there situations that we're praying for? Yes, right there. I just want to thank everybody for their condolences. And I want to my granddaughter herself. And she did a wonderful job. I helped when we were up there, but she's carrying on. Amen. Yes. We want to keep Alice in our prayers, as I mentioned in the beginning. Um, she's very stoic about this procedure, but it, there's got to be some trembling inside, too. So, yes, I know. So we'll, our prayers will be with you. Any other concerns that we want to raise up today? I, I would like some prayers just um, for next, this coming Wednesday, I'm going in for um, an ablation, which is 
they go through your groin and up into your heart to, um, I have AFib, and so they're going to burn some bad things in there, and hopefully it'll stop that. So that's yeah. this Wednesday. All right. Well, we can... Other concerns? Well, then let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we praise you and we thank you for all the blessings that you've poured into our life. Lord, you've heard our concerns, our joys, those things that we've lifted up and said how great it is when you are present in our lives and the wonderful things that happen. You also heard the concerns we've lifted up, and I'm sure there's concerns on the heart that people aren't quite lifting up yet. We ask you to be present in all those. Lord, we thank you for this community here and this chance for us to be together. We lift up our service next week. May you get the word out as we get the word out to all those young people who might need a backpack coming into school year. Let them know that we are here and we wish to be able to provide that. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you in small ways, picking up a few supplies here and there and bringing them in. It's amazing. It always amazes us, Lord, how a little bit from each people turns into a bounty. Lord, we pray all this, trusting and hoping in the goodness of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And let the people say, Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us share a sign of Christ's peace with one another.
Chain Breaker. Let us pray the offering prayer as one voice. God of field and forest, sea and sky, you are the giver of all good things. Sustain us with these gifts of your creation and multiply your graciousness in us that the world may be fed with your love through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so... With all the choirs of angels, the church on earth, and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for remembrance of me. Amen. Again, after supper, he also took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. Amen. Amen.
Let's sing the Lord's Prayer. invited to this communion table. You can receive communion in one of three ways. You can come up when the usher invites you to, receive a piece of bread which you can then dip or intinct into either the wine which is dark red or the grape juice which is clear. You can also, if you're still nervous about COVID, and as I've said from what I understand that the cases are rising up again, we have prepackaged communion in the back where we're not doing so much exchange of germs. Uh, the third way is if you'd like to receive, but you don't, you're not able to come forward for whatever reason, in the very end, I will ask if there's anybody else, just simply raise your hand and I will bring it to you. All are welcomed here. Um, this is also the last Sunday, so we will have some people stationed over at the side here who will... Uh, who are offering laying on of hands for prayers for healing and wholeness. Um, and also, when you come forward, even if you're not ready for prayers, I also always invite you to dip your hands into the font and remember your baptism. The gifts of God for the people of God. Please be seated.
Let us pray the prayer after communion as one voice. We thank you, generous God, for the refreshment we have received at your banquet table. Send us now to spread your generosity into all the world through our one who is our dearest treasure, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Go now 
and seek out the kingdom of God. Go out and look for the presence of God in our neighborhood. Go out and be the presence of Christ to one another. Go now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Go in peace, share the harvest.